Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really means to live a life divine. Thanks so much for joining me. On episode 25, Brad and I reconnect again to hash out some perspectives and ideas around sovereignty, around uh, what's in a name, um, and also how to navigate uh, uh, really experiencing the beauty and the power in full surrender. The musical offering this week is a song from my album, Mother of Mine. It's called Inside City, and this song is actually written from a premonition dream that I experienced uh, during uh, a period of my life where I was feeling a lot of the uh, demise and decay of the planet, uh, sort of in a, a planetary way, a global way. And um, I had this very prophetic dream, and uh, it actually was, uh, I was in a mall of sorts, a shopping mall, and the entire uh, mall, this massive body of structure, just started to fall, and it was free-falling, and everything and everyone and myself, uh, we were just falling through space with absolutely no control uh, over uh, anything at all. And uh, at the end, when it settled, um, I just got up off the ground and I was not bleeding, nothing was happening, and uh, I was completely calm and everything was fine, and uh, I set out to look for my friends. So I have this aspect in my Vedic chart uh, that was pointed out to me actually this week by Charlotte Benson, who I recommended on the show a few weeks back. Um, and uh, she said to me that my, uh, my offering in the world and my service in community has to do with a, what's called um, friendly strangers with a common cause. Uh, and it made me sort of smile to think of all of the podcast listeners that I'm connecting with across the globe and how this medium of, medium of podcasting is so incredibly intimate um, and we're sharing it on such an authentic and deep level and very vulnerable and raw. And so it creates this incredible intimacy and yet I don't personally know any of you. Um, so I, I kind of giggled when she gave me that uh, description that it was uh, groups coming together, friendly strangers with a common cause. So I like to believe that that is uh, divine through line and all of us coming together um, we're all friendly strangers with the common cause of wanting to uh, remember our true origin, our true divine blueprint, and to reconnect with ourselves. Um, so I, I like to uh, to feel that that is our unified mission, uh, if we have one, and I'm just honored and um, overjoyed and feel extremely blessed to be able to share with you guys in this way. So thank you again for all of your messages, for your emails, for the donations. Um, 
And uh, uh, I'm just uh, really super happy to be uh, connecting with you in this medium. Um, the mantra uh, that is in the song um, is very, very common in India and a very p- powerful mantra. And there's many different uh, sort of uh, translations, and I'm, I'm certainly no Sanskrit scholar. But the overall meaning of, of this mantra is basically um, asking the divine to lead us from the unreal to the real, to the real truth, to the real home, the real truth of our essence and awareness. And uh, one of my most beloved books um, uh, that I've read in my life is the ancient uh, tome called the Ramayana or the Ramayana. And it is uh, an epic, uh, thousands of year old um, Indian uh, transmission. And uh, I did read a translation of it uh, by Ashok Banker. And on the opening page of the book, the dedication page of the entire six volume uh, uh, piece, um, he writes uh, the Gayatri mantra. And it says before it, uh, whispered into the ears of newborn babies. And then it says, Om Bhur Bhuvasva, Tat Savitur Varenyam, Bargo Devasya, Dimahi, Diyoyona, Prachodayata. So, anyway, um, really beautiful. Uh, I hope you enjoy the song this week. And let's get into the episode. Namaste. Bradley, so good to be with you here again. So good to be back. It's been a long time. It's been a little while. You just, yeah, we were doing other things. We were. I know. And uh, anyway, but we need to get back to the heart of Divine Through Line. I love that. We need to get back to like the deeper issues. No, not that I haven't been addressing deeper issues. Mm -hmm. I guess I have been. Um, So um, happy day after Maha Shivaratri. Did you know that happened yesterday? I did not know. Okay. It's a massive high holy day, uh, Indian yogi holy day. And it's um, it's uh, all worship and devotion to Shiva, who has been definitely my lineage and my focus of my life. Um, and uh, anyway, so in many places all over the planet, people were meditating and chanting and celebrating and doing uh, pujas and homas and um, abhyangas, um, uh, like a bath over lingams with milk. And it went all night long. Mm. And, uh, I spontaneously found myself at the Malibu Hindu temple at midnight last night (laughs) and, uh, sat and watched, um, this beautiful abhyanga with their Shiva lingam. And they, they were pouring just milk for like an hour just mm. kept coming, kept coming. Totally beautiful. Really, really gorgeous. And then they had this troupe of Odissi dancers. Have you ever seen Odissi dance? No. Well, it's, it's, um, it's Indian classical dance, and it is one of the most extraordinary dance uh, expressions I've, I've ever seen. It, it's very theatrical, and it almost seems as if the, the women 
uh, embody something that's not human. It's it becomes like this deity, and they have bells around their ankles, and every single gesture is, you know, is integral, of course, to the dance, including eye movements. You know, very exaggerated eye movements, and it was really extraordinary. It was amazing. I posted a photo on Instagram. It sounds extraordinary. Yeah, it was really really cool. Would love to have so seen that. yeah, yesterday was so crazy. What what was it going? Oh. Yesterday, I did my taxes. Rich and me and the boys did our taxes for the first time. I think the first time in my life, in my lifetime. I did them not only before April 15th, but six weeks ahead of April 15th. <laughs> so well, that feels really good. Well, yeah, it's kind of like uh, I'm, in a new, I'm in a period of my life where um, you know we went through a lot of financial complete dismantle and life dismantle. And now that, you know, we're able to move in the world and things are coming back into fruition. Um, I just, you know, there's a great need and a great desire for structure. You know, I've always been super, super creative where I'm doing, you know, 15 things at once. I'm just going to take these off. Okay. Me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm doing, uh, you know, many, many different things a lot. And I'm definitely into the free flow, but I'm also really, really, um, desiring and valuing the responsibility of structure. And so I'm exploring, experiencing freedom and expansion within structure. Mm. So it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a new concept to me. I mean, if you look at my chart, I'm very disciplined and I'm able to manifest and I'm able to affect things. Uh, that nine year period was a spiritual transformation, which, you know, everything else gets thrown out the window during those times. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, I would say overall though, I'm an artist, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not as good at organizing and I'm a, a horrible housekeeper, of course, <laughs> like the worst, um, you know, if you tell me to clean up a room, I just might become paralyzed. <laughs> I don't know what, where, what to touch first. And what's really ridiculous is the boys and I together, they're equally as lame as I am in this. So we'll, we'll say, okay, you know, we're going to clean the studio up and we'll all stand there and really sort of support each other. And then we'll just end up handing each other objects. Like I'll pick up an object and then just hand it to Tyler and then he'll just hand it to Trapper and nothing's happening. <laughs> so, you need the cleaning OCD. Yeah, we, 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 we need help with that. We yeah. need help with all that. But anyway, so uh, I actually, you know, was doing the tax thing for days, which was fantastic. So that's all done. Wow, that feels amazing. And then um, I ended up doing pouring tea ceremony last night. So we had some spontaneous guests come over and actually uh, we, we had tea ceremony with Leslie Feist. So that was quite wonderful and delicious. And she's... Wait, is Leslie Feist Feist? Feist, yeah. Oh, I love her. She is um, just a genius musically. Right. I mean, unfreaking believable. Yeah, and I've seen her in concert, and I just, you know, she inspired me so much. I just couldn't take my eyes from her. Like every single thing about her, right. I want, I want to experience. Right. And then. Me um, too. What? Me too. You too. Uh, yeah. So we met her actually at a wellness retreat, actually with Mind Body Green Revitalize. And uh, she came over last year with uh, Ed from Grizzly Bear. Uh, and she's she is one of the most uh, powerful women I've ever met. And 
the reason that I adore her so much is that she has this very powerful energy, but very loving, very responsible, very compassionate, and very uh, adept at, at what she does. And uh, she really can hold a field and she could, you know, lead a tribe or, you know, I, when I've seen her play music, she has, you know, she was playing with like 15 people, but um, she's, she's really, really special. She has a very, 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 very special energetic signature. So that was super fun. So we, uh, we sat in silence and, and poured some rounds of, of my friend Colin, a living tea, Puer. We had uh, Greg's Galactivation uh, flavor, which is my favorite. Uh, Greg is a unique individual, much like a modern day hobbit. <laughs> and actually, Greg is the one who referred me to my accountants and my bookkeeper now that are like helping me like get everything together because he's a money manager, but he's very spiritually open. Um, so he's really uh, kind of eccentric and unique and will look in your eyes maybe closer than you're comfortable with and touch you a lot like anyone and everyone. And he's lovely. Um, so anyway, he introduced me to the... So, so Greg has been with us through the accounting situation and then in tea ceremony. So that was great. And then at the end of that, my friend Shoshana, who runs the Young Actors Project, which our kids have been in, involved in for many, many years. They do improv and they also do uh, theatrical performance. Um, is it everything cool? Yep. looking around, uh, just seeing like you checking everything. Double checking. You're double checking. I'm sure We're all still the technical recording. aspects are yeah, in good. line. <laughs> so um, anyway, so Shoshana uh, said, when I went to pick the girls up, she was like, you know, it's Mahashivratri. I, I was like, yeah, I know, I know. And she said, you know, well, you know, the temple is just right near the house. Like, we need to go. <laughs> so about 11 o'clock, I was like, yeah, you know what? We do need to go. So within three minutes, I was sitting watching Odissi dancers transported to a completely different world, you know, with all these amazing, beautiful Indian people chanting for hours. It was crazy. So we giggled when we, I got home like 2.45 or something like that. So you're getting me, like, I just went to bed in my clothes and then just got out of bed. Because right. then we had to, actually, we're, we're raising a teepee today as well. <laughs> That you are. Yeah. So what'd you think of all that stuff going on? It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's going to be, it's, it looks, it's the actual platform, which they are now, um, sealing, right? Yeah. Just putting a top coat on it, sanding it. Yeah. It's huge. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of upscale, you know, in that same exact location, Rich and I had a teepee and we lived there with the boys when they were little boys. I guess they were eight, seven and eight or something like that. And, um, and then we had two Persian cats also at the time <laughs> and, and we lived in the Airstream and the teepee exactly in that location. Although ours was way more old school. Ours was just on like some stones. We didn't have a floor and we just had a bunch of rugs down, right. but now t- this is Tyler's teepee that he's putting up now as a young man, as a young adult, he turns 21 next week and, uh, he's moving in with his girlfriend and they've built this really like respectable deck (laughs) it's definitely elevated beyond where we were so that's good you always like to see progression in your children so we're like it looks like it's going to be a wonderful living yeah dwelling situation yeah so we were going to raise it this morning it was all a little bit rushed um and so we were heading down to do ceremony and then 
the the deck had become uh, kind of uh, stained and dirty from the this cement fire pit that was poured poured. Mm-hmm. So it really needed to be detailed. So we all very fluidly just changed our plan. So we're preparing it now. We may raise it this afternoon. But the most important thing is there is a, f- a full solar eclipse. No, it's a lunar. No, it's solar. I better look. Um, there is a solar eclipse today. It is a new moon and it is a super new moon. And I didn't know that new moons could be super. I thought only full moons could be super, but it's actually a super new moon because the moon is closest to the earth actually tomorrow on the ninth. So, uh, in yogi terms or meditation terms, the most powerful time to meditate is during these eclipses because it's sort of like everything goes dark and there's a portal, there's an opening into the unknown, into that black void, empty, you know, nothingness. Mm-hmm. So the, we are going to be sitting in meditation this afternoon from 5.15 to 6.15. That will be the height of it. The actual height of the, the eclipse is from 5.38 PM to 5.42 PM. It's only four minutes mm-hmm. where it's completely blocked. So, um, and the moon is in Pisces today, so it's about dreaming. And so we were uh, all cultivating uh, our biggest dreams, really thinking outside the box. Um, and, you know, what would you experience if there were no limitations? Literally no, Im- no limitations whatsoever. What would you experience, Brad, if there were no limitations? <laughs> in other words, if I didn't have... If, if you I didn't have your mind, if I didn't have my mind, financial or societal, yeah, or a, it's a big one, right? That's a big question. It's kind of fun to re- really go there, though. Yeah. And I mean, even people will be hearing this podcast; it, the, the eclipse will have passed. But um, I think it's very relevant for what where we're at right now, sort of uh, the opportunity that's available mm-hmm. spiritually, and we've we've done a lot of heavy lifting, you know, over the past ten years. And some of us that are on this wave, that are on this timeline, um, it's a, a wonderful opportunity to really, really embody something outrageous, really experience. I mean, you created your life to come into a body to experience something. So don't let other limitations or opinions or beliefs about who you are, what you are, and what you should do in the world inform your experience because ultimately you're the creator of your experience. Well, what came to mind when you asked that question <clears throat> was um, the what I would experience would be just to have no limitations. That's, that's smart. You're so smart. <laughs> it would be, that's what I would experience mm-hmm. and to be in that complete state of just acceptance mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I would be this perfect being who walks around, but just like whatever words come out of, out of my mouth, that they would come from like divine consciousness that is already right. the, you know, the, the I am presence right. with, it would flow freely. But you know, that's so, that's so aware and so conscious. There's a practice. Have you ever done yoga nidra? Yoga nidra? I believe I have. Okay. So yoga me. nidra is a practice. It's a visual visualization practice and it, it cultivates lucid, lucid sleep. So it's sleep where you watch yourself sleeping or you're, you're awake in your dream, uh, if you can fathom that. Um, and it's a wonderful, wonderful practice because you do it lying down and it's a visualization that takes you around the body and you, 
um, uh, you go through a series of, of practices and visualizations and symbols and, uh, you know, you're, you're literally training your awareness to go around your body and track your body. And then there are times when you pull out of your body and you watch yourself from outside of your body. Right. But there's one very important element to yoga nidra because in yoga nidra, you're in a very receptive state. You know, you're in a place where... Uh, you're able to access, you know, your true being. And one of the key things of yoga nidra is that every time you do the practice at the beginning, you um, state a sankalpa and a sankalpa is a resolve. And for years and years I did this practice and, you know, they tell you like, you don't want to resolve to be a small thing. Like, you know, you don't want to say, I really want a shiny red bike, you know, like that's not a good sankalpa, but you know, something really, really important, you know, and if you were, let's say you were sick or like really physically sick with something serious, you know, you might, your sankalpa might be, you know, to be perfectly healthy or to be in divine health. Um, and you know, it can be whatever you want, but mine always was to know that I, am God. That was all. And that's what you basically said, you know, to know that I am God, because if I know that I am God and I remember that I am God, like all of us are, uh, then, then there's no limitations, right? If I know that I'm God and it's also a very high spiritual, I mean, the ultimate, that's the ultimate, right? I mean, no possession can lead you to that Holy grail, you know, no experience, you know, it's like the desire curve, like there, there's like science as to when the most exciting time of actually acquiring a possession is, is it's like right before all you right. get it. And then when you get it, then it's all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. So you want the Sankalpa to be something very, very meaningful. And actually, I think I've just identified what the healing technique will be this week. So I'll do a short yoga nidra. And we will, um, yeah, we can start to explore that. And that's something that's so powerful. It's so powerful because if you do a 45-minute yoga nidra, it is equal to four hours of deep, deep, deep REM sleep. So if you're exhausted, and you could even do a 20-minute yoga nidra, and it's, you know, half of that. So... It's very, very rejuvenating. It's very powerful. It's very wonderful. I've been playing with it. I want to create uh, my own. Uh, the ones that I that I have are, are actually from the Bihar School of Yoga, and I'll probably find one of those that I like and just uh, go ahead and, and narrate that, um, do an audio of that. Uh, but I am also creating one that is sort of the new expression of, of Yoga Nidra. And this brings me to... Um, this one thing that I wanted to share today. There is an incredible astrologer named Jim, and Jim has a blog that is called J Bus Astrology. That's the letter J B U S S Astrology. And this individual, I don't know how I found him, but he is so magnificently unique. His voice is so unique that I'm just delighted to read his blogs because of his uniqueness. And I don't always understand it all because he's really, he's really in it. And he understands, like if, if I understood astrology more scientifically and less intuitively, like if I knew what different nodes meant actually, 
I think his blog would be absolutely life-changing. So anybody that's into astrology, you should really check it out. But I actually found him somehow when I released Mother of Mine and no one on the planet knew who I was. Um, he found my music and he posted something that said something to the effect that he could feel Yogananda all throughout my music. And I'd never met the guy before. So I was deeply touched. It was very meaningful for me and it just meant a lot. And, um, and so I've reached out to him and I actually have had a reading with him a couple times. I've consulted uh, with him on certain things, but, uh, he's prolific. If you subscribe to his blog, prepare to get two amazing writings a, a day. Sometimes it's two a day. He's, he's incredible. He posted something yesterday, um, that has to do with Kundalini and Kundalini rising and sort of what's happening uh, right now. And he's talking about the feminine, how the feminine way of being is coming into fruition and how the old patriarchal and masculine way is will-based. And it's sort of like you go out and you get a goal and you make it happen. You take what's yours. And uh, he's talking all about the receptive female and this magnetic attraction and how we don't even like, we have to completely rewrite the way that we even work in the world. You know, like how does the feminine uh, come into play in contracts and, you know, all kinds of other structures. But there's one thing that, you know, I tried to speak to it uh, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week about my role with gurus and the Indian lineage and and how much a part of me it is and how much I love it and how advanced these practices of pranayama and yoga and meditation. And oh my goodness, like my life is so full of beauty because of this lineage. And I am forever, um, loyal to it and loving of it. And at the same time, I don't belong to it. And it's been, you know, I have a couple girlfriends of mine, um, that are kind of on a similar path uh, that I am. And they share the same, um, this same sort of, uh, orientation to it. So it sort of becomes very well, well, how can I love a guru and yet not be his devotee? Like how, how do you do that? So I would always say, well, I love the lineage, but I'm not of the lineage. I love the lineage, but I'm not contained by the lineage. The lineage is an integral part of me, but I am beyond any limitation. So it's this kind of interesting thing. And and Jim quoted this beautiful quote yesterday. I actually sent it to my two friends. Um, so he describes it, and I'm not sure. The, I think these are his words. Yeah, these are his words. He says, this is a particularly germinal time for building foundations for our role in the new, and he puts it in quotes, fresh violets in an ancient pottery bowl, end quote, culture that we're co-creating. And I just loved that. Yeah. <clears throat> Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful. It's beautifully said, you yeah. know? So, so I guess that's what we're all, you know, endeavoring to, you know, remember or embody in our own lives is that we are fresh violets. It's a fresh new time. Mm -hmm. It's not about be, you know, it's not about being the ancient pottery bowl, you know? And if you feel into the vibration of that, um, it, uh, it feels to me, vibrationally, it feels, um, limited if I just feel into it, 
you know, then it's like, oh, that's really, it's too structured. It's too small. It's too confining. And it has, you know, as with all structures on the planet, you know, there are imbalances and we can no longer be living in, in those, uh, in those forms, in those structures, you know? And so it really is about cultivating the divine feminine and, and, but I mean, I almost mean that in a cosmic way. I don't yeah. mean that in a new age That's way. That's how I heard it when you said it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's really a new thing. And so how do we do that? Well, we do that by doing what we love. You exactly. know, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's really, really taking the time to know yourself, taking the time to find yourself and then doing what you love. Because when you do what you love, you create a wonderful vibration around you, right? Because you're, you're in the moment, you're doing something that brings you joy mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what it is. Right? It could be anything. It doesn't like, have to be in the spotlight. No. Not just, at all. It can be between yourself. It can be between you and your family, the smallest thing. Right. Or you and a plant right. or, you know, you and your dog or, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever that expression is. Um, and when you do that and you spend time in that energy field, you create more of that energy field. So if you're having a hard time, if the finances are not plugging in, and that, you know, this was my process with, with Rich and with me. We went through this dismantling period and it literally, I mean, when you get dismantled, literally the universal faucet is just shut off. There's no energy for you to, for you to grab in, in the old ways of working, of, mm-hmm. you know, making a living, paradigm. investing money, like all of that stuff. And the only thing that was working for us were the things that were the core of our heart. For, for him, it was training. And for me, it was music, mm-hmm. you know? And I was spending a lot of time with you and yeah. a lot of time with the boys. And everything else was falling around us, exploding, blowing up. Like, it did not look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did not look promising. Right. And yet, in those times, I would just be like, okay, I'm just going to go record a song. Because that that feels really good. And that's meaningful. And it's leading to something. And it, it didn't for a long time. And it makes no logical sense. Like, why, why would someone tell me that it would be a good idea for me to start recording music in my 40s? Like, like how does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense. But it was the only true thing for all of us. And, I mean, for the boys as well. And mm-hmm. the music, it kept... It, I really think it kept me alive. Mm-hmm. Because... Good. Yeah. What? <laughs> I said good. Yeah, good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, because there were times where it was just, it was so difficult and there, it was so crushing um, to just not, not have any sustenance, meaning, it, and it's hard to explain because it didn't just have to do with a bank balance, although I did not have a bank account for over four years, which is hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. how could that ever happen? Right. I mean, I started the collapse with a credit score, you know, that was like 780 or something like that. So it's not like I didn't ever know how to, you know, work in the world or be a businesswoman. I had my own fashion company, you know, (laughs) did a lot of things. But when this period came, um, it's more than that. It's beyond, you can feel it. It's a feeling and you're just like, there's nothing for me. There is nothing. 
So again, um, I don't think that people that are on this path necessarily are going to have to go through the, uh, the, the years that I went through because the energy's quickened now. So it's, you don't have to do that heavy lifting. And the sooner that you get in alignment with who you are and, uh, understand that you are an emanation of, of a God consciousness, meaning a force, a great, a great powerful force, um, and start communing with that and expressing yourself authentically. I can't tell you how it will be completely unique and miraculous and, uh, sometimes scary and sometimes completely awesome. Uh, but you know, it will lead you where, where you're to go, where you're supposed to go. So yeah, I, I could, share that. I could just share with you, um, my experience lately in terms of staying in the frequency, the higher frequency, the higher loving frequency, even though I wanted to fight, you know, I've had these experiences, I had an experience with my, with my son mm-hmm. and it just popped through. I finally just laid it down. I just said, I hear you. And there was, there was such an instantaneous shift and all of this kerfuffle that was going on that we just were not, we weren't hearing each other. And right. it was simply that I realized that I couldn't do it in my, in my head. I couldn't figure out just the right thing to say, the right way to say it. I couldn't manipulate. And the minute that I just went, give it up, just love. Mm. I mean, it sounds, it is, a, it is as simple as that, but I had no idea how powerful that that was. Or, and I'm learning more and more how powerful that is. Mm. And um, to have that experience and, and get the, you know, the visceral experience of that. Um, so that's part of what I believe that you're talking about, about doing what you love, is also the act of love. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Because it really, it freed me. Completely. And now I, I feel like I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I just stay in that place. And, right. and, and I'm having these like very vulnerable conversations with him where I can just listen to him and not feel like I have to say anything else. It's, it's, that's beautiful. It's really remarkable. That's beautiful. Just awesome. simply by putting it down. Yeah. Laying it down. Laying it down. Just laying it down. You know, it's, um, I'm, I'm, we, Rich and I are going to Italy. Actually, we, uh, we launched our first retreat. Actually, we're, um, so excited about this. It was just incredible experience. And it's at a location in Italy called Aisolana, where I have done yoga retreats for over 10 years. And it's truly almost like a second home to us. And, um, has been just a magical, magical place in our lives. And we really wanted to share it with a small group of intimate people and really do this amazing program. And we were completely blown away. We, uh, we sold out in less than a week, so it's completely full. But we are going to be doing another trip in October. If you want to find out more about it, go to ourplantpowerworld.com and you can send Mel, our producer, an email and, and she can give you more information on the upcoming trips. We already have a wait list and we have, we're already booking the next trip. Um, so uh, anyway, but the reason that I bring that up is... Um, uh, why did I bring that up? I'm blanking right now. It had to do with love. Right. And, and putting it down, laying... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. So, yeah, so part of it is is I'm going to be teaching the most of the yoga program there. And 
it's come into my awareness that I really need to um, share my yoga practice and my yoga flow because it's such an integral part of my spiritual journey. And I just haven't, I haven't dabbled in it because I've been doing food and I've been doing a million other things. And, you know, there's a lot of yoga teachers out there that do different practices and they, they're certified with these many hours and those many hours and all this kind of stuff. And, um, I really am going to, uh, uh, develop my own, you know, yoga, Jai yoga, which I actually had, um, had, have had for many, many years, but the very first step of this vinyasa practice of this, of this practice is just that laying it down. So you start the practice in pranam, literally the first thing you do is put yourself on the floor face down with your third eye. <laughs> and you know, my, uh, you know, Rich and I were married by uh, Bhagavan Das, and uh, I spent a little bit of time with him back many, many years ago. And, you know, he used to tell me, you know, he was like, you know, he called me Tara, actually. <laughs> he wanted to name me Tara. I don't know yeah. why. I never You're kept the name. I never kept the name. But he was like, uh, you know, you just got to lay it down, man. And when you think of that, it's like we get so protective of our ego, you know, and we look at that and we say, um, you know, I'm so, you know, I don't have to lay it down. What do you mean? I'm a respectable person. I'm not going to get it down on the floor. I'm not going to lie down. I'm not going to lay my life down to something greater than me. Um, and we miss the immense power that there is in that, and that you just demonstrated with that act. I mean, that's basically what you're doing. You're just laying it down to something beyond and outside of yourself. And from that comes a massive expansion where in fact you are experiencing more power by doing that very act. Absolutely. Right. Than by hanging on and, and saying no. And I think that, um, you know, again, I always talk about the one of the most beautiful places to be in is neutral loving compassion because that is your power. That is your power. Once we're emotional and we're pushing against things, we've lost it. You know, we're we're already out of balance. Yeah. So it's it's quite amazing. And you know, it's interesting because this brings me to another uh, thing that I wanted to address and I wanted to just sort of take out of the closet and discuss a little bit. Um, because if it was me listening to this program, I might have this question about why Ma Ananda Srimati and why don't I just call myself Julie Pyatt and what with all the names and, you know, the whole thing. And uh, the, the process of me getting a spiritual name was such a divine moment in my life. And, you know, I, I really wanted a name. I really wanted a spiritual name. And I was going to take initiation with one teacher, um, many, many years prior, uh, that, that I then changed my mind and I didn't go, I ended up not going at the last minute. Um, and when I, when I received this name, I was really beaten down in a very, very vulnerable place. And I forgot that I was even going to be getting a spiritual name. I guess on some form I had checked it, but I didn't understand that that meant, you know, it was like, I thought, oh, maybe sometime in the future. And then when they called me, it was with this uh, guru that I was uh, studying with named Nityananda. 
And he's very controversial. And if you look him up, there's all kinds of, you know, scary things about him. But all I can say to you is that for the year that I was in his field, um, he channeled God for me directly in the most powerful ways. I mean, transcendental experiences and healed me and spoke to me and just gave me exactly what I needed. And if it was not for him, I mean, he was the one that introduced this concept of divine love to me and letting go, right? Letting go of rich, letting go of of, of needing rich to be anything than what he was. And so I was finally able to love rich, uh, eating in and out burger and drinking, you know, venti Starbucks with three ad shots and just completely dense and debilitated. I finally just was like, okay, well I'm God, he's God, we're together. So I'm just giving it up. I'm just going to let love him. I'm just going to love him. That's all I'm going to do. Just like the sun, just like the sun shines on everybody I'm just going to love him without differential, without, you know, without, um, defining it in, in any way. So, um, it was at this moment and they called me up and, and he, this really beautiful being at the time, he's, it's funny because he's changed quite a lot physically. And I think it's this thing of, he's taking on more of a feminine energy. Um, and I, you know, I spoke with Hari on the podcast and, you know, a lot of transgender and things that are going on. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, there's a there's a whole world of exploration in those in those energies and and this is a, a guru or a being who's um, you know leading many many thousands of people and he's becoming more and more female like mm. but when I was with him he was not he was more like a young gorgeous man you know with flowing black hair and <laughs> amazing 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 mm. being um, and uh, anyway so he told me. When I came and sat, I sat at his feet and he said, um, I, I was in line. He, he told us that the, the name is three part. Your spiritual name means it's, he meditates on your being. So it's the being of who you are. It's also your path to enlightenment. And it's also your goal of enlightenment. So it has three meaning. And, uh, there were different, um, uh, different names you could get. And some would indicate a karmic service that that would be your role. Some would indicate like a Sankhya philosophy. So more of a, of an intellectual or divine wisdom study. And then one was Ananda, which was, you know, bliss. Or, and when I went and sat with him, he said, you know, your name, I just remember he looked in my eyes very sweetly and gently and said, your name is Ma Ananda Srimati. And he said, this means blissful, beautiful, and fortunate. And he said, go be that. (laughs) And at the time I had been studying, um, a lot of past life, uh, uh, um, regression, a lot of, uh, sort of theosophical philosophy that became very, very, uh, confining and very much like I created my own prison from too much information. And so, and I was traumatized because I had been separated from my teacher in a very violent way, which we talked about on an earlier podcast. And so when I went to meet Nityananda and he gave me this name, it was as if he threw that experience through 10,000 bricks off my back. And I was finally free to be the artist that I am. I am an artist. That's who I am. And so why should I need to be something other than what I am in order to self-realize? Right. 
but I had been going down this roll, this road that was very counter to my nature. And I would say the mantra, I just need to be, I just need to be, I just need to be like, this is, it was crushing me all this information. And so this brings me to, you know, to answer another question from a listener who, who emailed in to me about, she was talking about, um, artistic materialism. And there also was another email of someone asking, you know, how to, uh, how to manage when you're manifesting in so many different ways, like how, how does all this come into play? And, um, you know, this gets back to getting to the core of who you are. You know, it's, I had been looking outside of myself and rather ambitious about becoming self-realized because spirituality is very important to me, but I had taken it up like, um, you know, like a quest to, you know, buy a new Ferrari. No, you know, it's, it's, it's similar, you know, you have ambition around it and not this surrender and not this service and not laying your, yourself down at the feet of something greater. So when Nityananda gave me this, this name, it it just, it completely, I mean, it was a transcendental experience. Like I was literally out of my body flying. It was unbelievable. And I loved that name. So, um, uh, afterwards, shortly afterwards, he made a rule that anybody that got a name had to legally change it. And, Uh, I refused to follow the rule because when he gave me the name, that rule was not in effect. (laughs) And really, as I saw it, my experience had to do with divine mother and me. And that's all a guru is. That's all any of us are. We're just an instrument for this divine energy to work through us. And literally he channeled an exact answer to my issues multiple times, like in a sea of a hundred people, he would just say a statement. I was like, you know, so that experience, he could never, no one could ever change that moment between us. So when I got the word from the organization that I had to change my name legally, I just said no. <laughs> and um, a lot of them, they never called me Srimati and they weren't you know, happy about it or whatever. But uh, later, you know, someone just said, well, what about Julie? And he was like, Julie can do whatever she wants. You know, see, which is the, true. Which is true. I mean, well, thank you. But the thing is, is, is that um, the, guru, the guru or the teacher meets you where you're at. Okay. So there was another story. Like, so there's all these stories flying and other people had other experiences with him that were not, not so nice as mine. Like mine was amazing (laughs) and catapulted me into this experience. And also I had just suffered, um, a lesson, a very, very big lesson from giving my power away from this teacher that I was separated with. And when I met Nityananda, I started channeling the music and it was quite amazing, you know? And so I shared it with him and I told him and, uh, every time he would look at me and he would say, that's beautiful. Now drop me. Hmm. He would repeatedly tell me, drop me because he was reinforcing me, not giving my power away. Right. Then one time I was in line for Darshan with him and Uh, you know, all the times I would go up and I would think, you know, well, did he remember me from last time? And what would be a question I could ask? But you never ask a question because, you know, when you're in front of a divine being, like every question is 
completely stupid, <laughs> you know? So you go through this kind of human thing in your life. And one day I was there and I was just empty. I don't, I don't know why, but I was empty and I was there and I went up for Darshan and he literally grabbed me and held me in his arms, laughing and giggling and rocking me from side to side. And everyone was freaking out because he never, you know, he didn't do that, you know? And I realized later it was because I had dropped my bullshit between me and him. Do you see? Yeah. It's like I was keeping me from God yeah. with all this you know, nonsense, insanity going on in my mind. Yeah. And when I let myself be emptied, the divine energy grabbed me, just yeah. swept me up. And again, it's not like, it's not him. It's not, um, it's a channel and it's there for your unfoldment. And so, um, like for instance, you know, people would, uh, like if he appeared to me in my dream, which, you know, he did, I had many experiences with him. Uh, it's not like, it's not like he remember, like, I'm like, Hey, hi, you were in my dream last night. <laughs> you know, it's like divine mother picks up whatever is, whatever, uh, whatever works for you. Right. And uses it to, to bring you to your divinity. So it's really not personal. It's, it's really not personal. Uh, so that was very, very, uh, very beautiful experience. So um, I experienced great courage, I think, in changing my name. Um, if you all can imagine the hilarity and how much, you know, how, how kind of funny it is on one hand. I mean, I have a good sense of humor. I think it's hilarious. You know, like I would suddenly come to you and tell me, okay, from this, you know, now my name's Sunflower, Brad, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think at, at the time I was pregnant with Jaya and I was very, you know, I was feeling very, very deep emotions. And I knew that Jaya was activating me because she was a child that was not in my Vedic chart. She was an addendum. She was like a new, a new, a new development. And so we were all being quickened in our spiritual evolution because I was giving birth to her. And that's a whole nother story that maybe I'll tell sometime, but, um, uh, she was quickening my development. And, uh, um, so I think I wrote a letter to my entire family and told them, you know, like, like I'm being birthed into a new expression of who I am. And when I give birth to her, I am going to take the name Srimati. I'm going to be Mananda Srimati, which of course you can imagine did not go <laughs> with my family. They, they just didn't say anything. Like I never got a reply from any, from anyone except a couple distant, uh, relatives sort of wrote it, wrote me these letters about how, beautiful they thought the name julie was right you know and so the, completely missing the whole point yeah. of, of what this is and also the next time we make fun of people who change their names it takes amount of a great amount of courage to do that i think I, so right yeah i don't recommend it i don't think it's for everyone but if somebody wants to change their name i mean it's it names are meaningful you know and in native american traditions like they have like five names a lifetime or something mm -hmm. like that so it's a very common I mean, um, that, that represents where where they are where, in their life yeah exactly so the like growth and the transitions right that so like chief <laughs> golden eagle that i worked with you know he used to be elk you know something yeah. elk and then you know as the progression goes mm -hmm. you receive different names which is really pretty cool because yeah. you know who wants to stay in one place their whole life? So, I mean, there is something right. There is something about you know our original our birth names mm -hmm. that kind of keep keeps us back. Possibly is that 
I'm, I've never even yeah. thought of that before. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I like my name, but when I think of, you know, moving forward, I'd like something to represent that or to it's symbolize. It's kind of beautiful. I mean, it, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And some even ritual s- of some kind of ceremony, anything to symbolize moving forward. And Absolutely. Change. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I've always said that if, you know, if you, if I'm not completely unrecognizable every seven years, then I'm not really living. <laughs> so, you know, my life has been about really moving through these things. And it was funny because I tried to write about it. And then I wrote a chapter for my book called What's in a Name. And then I realized that I had had 23 names, but not like nickname, like nicknames and different people that would pick up something and then call me by a different name, 23. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I just stopped writing it completely. But Ma Nanda Srimati, I mean, I tried when I came out with my album, I just shortened it to Srimati. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally people couldn't spell it. You know, like I go to Starbucks and I'd say Srimati and I'd say S-R-I-M-A-T-I. And they would write some completely in like uh-huh. completely foreign word. And the boys and I started taking pictures of them, like <laughs> just laughing. But it was sort of a sign for me that people weren't ready for the frequency yet. Uh-huh. I was still not ready to come out and come forward. So it was Rich who was in the front, who was forging the way. Mm-hmm. And sort of, you know, one of the beautiful things about our relationship is that, you know, he's we both complement each other, meaning he makes it easier for me to be in this world or has in the past. I mean, if I didn't have him for all those years, I may not still be living quite Mm. frankly, because I don't know if I could have taken met much more of not being able to connect, you know, not being able to express myself, especially because I've known that I was going to be sharing on a, on a large scale since I was born. And then to not be able to move that way, you know, there were just times where I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll just pull out, Hmm. you know, and go to greener pastures (laughs) where I can move, you know, where I can move and be adept and do what I know that I am, you know? So it was beautiful that he provided, you know, the, that entry level. And it's beautiful that I provide also a, you know, kind of like a stairway to heaven for him, a way to connect. Uh, but we're very different in origin, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a very different, uh, polarity. It's a, it's a different vibration that, and we're doing this dance together so beautifully and so yeah. meaningful because we are so separate, hmm. you know, and I mean, different what I mean. Right. So, um, so that, I hope that sort of explains a little bit why Ma Nandashrimati and when I launched the podcast, um, I wanted to use the whole name and I wanted to use the whole name because I wanted to honor this body of wisdom, music, and experience that I'm sharing from a divine place. And so that name holds the container so that it, it is in its own kind of sacred space. And so, um, so that's why I do it. So hopefully that clarifies for you guys. And if I ever see any of you or, or cross paths with you, or you write to me, I really don't care what you call me. You can call, you could say, Hey, you, you could say, hi, you could say Ananda Srimati. You could say Shri, you could say Mati, you could say Julie, you could say Jules. (laughs) So those are all names that different friends of mine call me different, differently. Um, and uh, it's it's all fine. It's again, it's for the spiritual, energetic um, kind of honor, really, yeah. to my experience and how beautifully I've been held by consciousness and and how many 
miracles I've experienced in my life. Um, a lot of transformation, which has been a lot of suffering, but just as many blessings and gifts and miracles and beauty and all of that. So, um, so that's really great. And then to answer the, uh, the artistic materialism, I didn't even read your email, uh, beautiful person who sent me, uh, the message and I will later, but I, your, just your subject line has sort of sparked something within me that I want to address. And that is, you know, when we're creating, uh, we want to be aware of our footprint of what are we creating in the world and what is the byproduct of that? And what is the waste of that? And, uh, what is more important, our ambition to express ourselves creatively or our, our responsibility to our planet, our responsibility to our footprint. And the reason that I know a lot about this is because I was a fashion designer. <laughs> so I created a tremendous amount of waste in my life. Um, so let me just own that. Uh, you know, right up front. Uh, I, um, you know, I lived a, 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 a sort of a consumer driven life. I'm not, not to a level that some people live. I mean, there's always a scale. So I, I wasn't really high up on that scale. And I would say since a very young age, I've understood that, um, my, um, satisfaction came from having few very finely curated, precious items. So I was never one to buy 15 of the shirt in every color because it's 20 bucks. Like that feels very violent and not good to me <laughs> and very wasteful and very kind of not good. Um, and yet I would spend if I had the money, I would spend, you know, thousands of dollars on a piece of clothing if it was the one that I would have for 20 years. Right. So I'm, I'm more about curating a small, sustainable uh, collection of meaningful objects, of meaningful clothing, which almost becomes more ceremonial. And I'm not really at the ceremonial clothing yet, especially in these last years, because I haven't had money. So I have been, you know, getting a lot of my clothes at free people, which is fairly inexpensive and it is fast fashion and it is polluting. There's just no other way to, to say it in great design and it's cool and all that. But my, my hope is, and where I would like to get in my life is that I have some ceremonial clothing that I design myself and I'm designing a collection of objects that all fit in an eight by eight square. So it would be like, you know, for me, it would be my instrument. It would be, you know, of course my computer and my recording, I would have to have a mic. Um, then it would be, um, some crystals, you know, that have been special to me over time a specific blanket, a specific poncho, you know, one pair of boots, one pair of shoes, you know, a pair of bell bottoms, a dress, a shirt, you know, kind of like that, but really curated so that it really goes together and it really expresses who you are. 
So that's something that feels very yummy to me. Um, and uh, as I get going through the year, we'll see we'll see how how it arises. But I'm really excited to do that. Sort of as a as just a, like if you had to pick up, like let's just say you had to go, like okay, we're gonna go right, right now. You know, what would you be taking with you? And what are the objects that you that you really need? And and it's okay to need something. It's okay to need an amazing necklace, or it's okay to need like these insane boots. Like it's all good. But just, you know, make sure like is is that the thing that is defining your 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 artistry? Is that the thing that you want to have around you all the time? You know, it's interesting. My what do guitar, you think of that? My guitar. Of course, your guitar. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought. I just I'd find a way to take my my guitar with me. Of course. And so and some good boots in case I had to, you know, do some do some heavy walking and Climbing. Some walking boots. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and the other thing in getting to, you know, this um, other footprint of like nonviolence on the planet. So, you know, we have this issue with leather and, you know, the violence of animals and, and how it's harvested and yeah. all that. And then we have an issue of the pollution of the vegan materials, you know, the plastics and all of that kind of stuff. I just want to add my boots are vegan. Oh, that's so cool. Awesome. Well, I'm not as, I'm not as good as you are. I'm not there. I'm, um, I try to buy vintage. Um, and if I buy, uh, a, a pair, I'm, I'm a one pair person. So I don't have a different flavor for every single, you know, occasion. And I try to just wear that out until it's completely used. Yeah. Um, but I do, love buying vintage and I do have, you know, thrift store leather items that mm -hmm. I have gotten that, you know, and that's my way of dealing with it in maybe a less pure way. But, um, I need I, to also add that I have a pair of leather boots too. You do. Okay, yeah. good. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is we all have a footprint on the planet. We're all human and we all try to do better. We try and try and try to do better and yeah. better and better. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, we all have areas where we could improve on that, I'm sure. So I guess I would say is as, as an artist, if you're expressing yourself, you know, it's really important that we look at ways to express ourselves, um, where our footprint is not harming. Um, actually I want to mention my friends, Juan and Fernando from industry of all nations. They have a clothing company, which is sustainable and non-polluting and conscious and actually works with indigenous people, um, in different areas of the world to produce in a, um, lower carbon footprint way. Of course, you know, they're still flying, planes are still flying right. and you and I are still taking planes, you know? Yeah. So you know, it's, it, nothing is a hundred percent and they're not totally vegan. They do have some leather things and they have some alpaca, but the alpaca that they have is from one family in Bolivia who mm -hmm. have their own herd and the, the animals are like their own family. There's no brutality or beating or any of that going on. So, you know, that's where they are on that spectrum. Um, but the beautiful thing is, is that they're not polluting the planet with any dyes or any processes and it's all organic. And it's amazing. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, cool. it's, and it's hard to do that in fashion, by it the is, way. Yeah. It's not so easy. Like how do you compete and, with that? Yeah. So anyway, so that's, that's a really cool thing. So I'm sure I didn't answer your question completely. Uh, 
person who wrote in about art, but I will pick it up again uh, on another program. And Bradley, what else? What else is going on in your life? Oh, in my life. Um, well, yeah, there's, there's lots, lots of stuff going on. Um, How's it going with the ladies? Yeah. Well, that's, been, <laughs> that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Like how to, how to balance that and stay in integrity. Yeah. And also Does that mean you're dating more than one woman? <laughs> potentially at this point, but I've, I'm trying to find... Like, you're really uncomfortable with that. You're so cute. I am, actually. That's cool. Um, and so I've had to make some... It, it's an, it, like I'm right at the cusp of where am I being overly conscientious and where is my true, true integrity and trying to figure that out. And so this is like you said, we're still learning about you know, how to leave a, a smaller footprint on the planet. And this is all part of that same consciousness of, you know, how do I operate, you know, in the world by making, you know, having to make difficult choices and also, you know, respect another person at the same time. Yeah, and being conscious in your relations and being, yeah, yeah, kind and and, uh, authentic and transparent. Kind and and authentic and transparent, exactly. Yeah. That's what my my intention is. Yeah. And... um, you know, it's a, it's a, a great opportunity to, you know, find out who I am. That's right. More and more. That's good. I love it. I love it that you're even asking the question. I love it that you're just consciously aware of that and that that, that matters to you. How beautiful is that? Well, I, I thank you, and I'm I'm grateful for that too. But it you know it comes up. It shows up sometimes as like anxiety. Sure. And that doesn't mean right away. I don't go. Oh, I'm doing something wrong. It's more like okay, what? Right. There's the there's some some scar out going on here. So. Right. Right. Well, you know, dating breathe, is complicated. It's an interesting thing. There's no doubt. It's right. very complicated. And so funny. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Do you ever know, like meet those people too that just like, like, I mean, it's been quite a while since I dated, but it used to make me feel really uncomfortable when uh, you get people that are just really, really bold and like assuming they just come and like start holding my hand, like right. just out of the blue. <laughs> and I would be like, you know, I would be too almost like too sensitive for yeah. me to like, be like, excuse me, could you not touch me? Right. You know, like, what do you say in that, in that time, you know, in that moment? I, I don't know, but I'm hearing some kind of horror stories from my, from my friends who are dating. Right. Of just these sort of narcissistic people who are right. just assuming and they don't, they don't have boundaries that are, they don't have boundaries that come from, I see you right. and it's not all about me. And I want to, I want to get to know you. I want to connect with you. Right, right, right. You know, and if that's all we get, if that's all that happens here, then beautiful. Right. You know, at least we're connecting as two people who respect each other and see each other and as, as much as we can. And right. I well, think this, great. I think the signals are there, you know, when it's time to. It's well, time to and I think, I also think that there's just a time, it's a time to write a new way of relationship. You know, it's interesting because mm, Leia absolutely. and Tyler are moving into the teepee maybe today or maybe tomorrow we're raising the teepee and they're both in their twenties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked to both of them separately and, and, uh, you know, I just told them, you know, we all know you guys are in your twenties, you know, like this isn't about you moving in and you're not going to be like the male and you're not going to be the woman. Like we talked about it and we talked about what they're, what are they doing? What are, what they're doing is they're, they're spending time together and they're connecting with their true selves, their true authentic hearts. And they're really wanting to express themselves in a pure way. Yeah. And they're dancing together in the meantime, 
And right now that's what's happening. It might not be what's happening in six months or it might be happening forever. Mm -hmm. Like who knows? Right. But it was really kind of a relief. And we, so what we're focusing on in the teepee ceremony is really just realizing, actualizing themselves. So self-actualization and self-truth and self-connection and how wonderful that they are going to embark on this experience of living in a teepee together and, you know, still staying home with their mother, which makes me very happy. Right. So it's cool. It's going to be quite a magnificent teepee. Yeah, it is. As far as I can tell, it looks pretty, pretty excited too. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, and, uh, We'll have a healing technique to go along with this. I'll, I'll record a yoga nidra for you guys. You guys can check it out and let me know how you like it. Um, thanks so much to everybody who donated um, on PayPal. Actually, our PayPal got hacked, Brad. <laughs> Someone hacked our PayPal and they were sending payments out. But I know, I know the person that they sent the payments to. Um, so I reported it, so it's all fine, oh. but I'm, I'm going to see if it's still up or down or if they, if they resolved it. The amount um, of money that they received can never, can never make up for what they're actually doing to themselves. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I know right. that's a, that's a thing, but this is just some kind of cyber. I don't know what, so I don't know, Mandy, I want to say thanks, Mandy. Thank you, Simon, Jennifer, Karen, Bonnie, Lucy. Thank you so much. Um, I may have said already, thank you to you guys from last time, but, uh, anyway, those were the most recent donations that came in. So I really appreciate it. You guys. So do I. And, um, and again, I think I'm going to also take this one opportunity. Uh, I want to thank everybody for, uh, the reviews on iTunes. I appreciate it. Um, I guess that matters to somebody. I don't know. I mean, I read them, so it's sweet. So thank you. And then I got one really scathing review. It was a a one-star review from somebody who it was, what I want to do is I want to give this person props and credit for writing a very well-delivered, scathing sword into my gut. (laughs) I want to say that that was really well done. Like really fine job. Well Well done. Well played. Yeah. Well played. Well played. And I actually, I kind of want to read it really just because it's so, because I've now recovered from my heartbreak. Um, okay. So, uh, anyway, hold on one second. So at the time it was interesting because I was having a very, very difficult week and it was sort of poetic in a way. I think I obviously created it myself because I engaged in some harsh words with uh, a karmic uh, friend, a karmic relationship. Um, I didn't want to, but the person wanted me to express in a certain way and, um, I expressed in a way that, uh, I did not find loving at all and I would not do it again. Uh, so that was not fun for me. I'm sure it was way less fun for them than it was for me. Uh, but anyway, I was really, really, really bummed. Uh, so, and then that same day, because I was in that energy field of low vibration, I got this from, I want to just Beryl H is the person and the, the subject line is what a judgmental goddess. And then he compares me to rich. He says, rich has a great podcast. Julie is incredibly annoying and stunningly self-righteous. 
Skip it unless you want to be lectured by a divine and perfect being. <laughs> so very well done, Beryl. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you're yeah. really, that's really something. And I guess, I mean, I could look at that and say, okay, so I agree with you. Rich does have a great podcast. Yeah, so we're in alignment there, yeah. right? And um, yeah, I'm sure I can be incredibly annoying and... I am stunningly self-righteous, but not in, not in the way that you meant it. Um, I am stunningly, I love the, the adjective stunningly, yeah. first of all, so thank you for that. But self-righteous, um, yeah, I really, really am self-righteous, and I'm self-righteous for the self, the greater self with a capital S. And I'm self-righteous because I know it to be true for not just me, but for everybody, so I am self-righteous, and I'm hoping that by me showing my example, that more of you will become self-righteous, and you will understand that your journey into yourself is the most important um, focus that you could have, and consciousness is just waiting to rush to you and and envelop you and integrate with you and express through you. So um, I... I, I hope I hope that you are on the path and that you make it your life purpose to find your true authentic voice and return into the greatness of yourself. So I say on Ritz's podcast sometimes to be very selfful, like mm. not selfish and not um, you know not narcissistic, but selfful in a really great way. And then he says, skip it, or she, I don't know, skip it unless you want to be lectured by a divine and perfect being. Well, you know, I hope that I'm not lecturing you guys. I hope that I'm sharing from my experience, and that is my intention. Sometimes when I'm channeling or my higher consciousness is coming through, maybe my voice can get a little intense. I think my words are powerful, and it certainly... Um, is harder for me to experience because I'm the one speaking, you know? Uh, so that's partly why sometimes I say that I wish I could just go sing and not talk at all <laughs> because singing, my singing voice is very soft and very, it, it's a very, um, it's a, it feels really good to me. However, uh, my directive from my higher consciousness is that my words are needed right now. So I'm not going to run and hide and just play my music, although I will do that a lot, and that would be a beautiful thing. Uh, and what I want to do is um, also say, yeah, uh, I am divine, and I was created in perfection, and so were all of you. And so I'm not here to tell you that I'm divine. I'm here to inspire you to remember that you are divine. Um, so Beryl, thank you so much for that perspective. Um, I honor you, um, and, uh, uh, well done. And then also, uh, I want to now acknowledge the 37 five-star, um, reviews and that everybody left for me and you guys are beautiful and thank you so much. And, uh, I will um, continue to uh, try to offer relevant things that could 
um, support you and nurture you and just hold maybe a light or a, a place where you can land a little more softly on your journey home. So anyway, thanks you guys so much. Um, leave a to leave a review on iTunes if you haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, I look forward to connecting with you guys. Keep emailing me and, um, thanks so much for your support have a beautiful week. Namaste. Namaste. If you're receiving some healing and you enjoyed the show, please do donate and check out my tools of transformation at srimati.com. That's S-R-I-M-A-T-I.com. You can also find me at Srimati on Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's S-R-I-M-A-T-I. <laughs>